1: W.A.B.C. New York and 107.1 W.L.I.R. Hampton Bay's. It's the 77 WABC News Hour, talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, traffic, Justin Ellick sports, and now talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC.
2: Yep, that's me. Five o'clock. Good morning. It is Tuesday, February six. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center: a beautiful sunny day on the way. High 42 tonight and overnight. Clear. Low thirty two and then we'll do it all over again tomorrow, Wednesday sunshine, high forty eight. If you're walking out the door with us right now, twenty six and clear in Terrytown up in Westchester, twenty seven and clear in Livingston, down in New Jersey, and it is twenty eight and clear outside our midtown studios right now. We got a whole lot to get to as we work our way up to six o'clock hour, Sid and Friends in the morning. This story breaking overnight. Country music icon Toby Keith has passed away his website social media accounts making the announcement early this morning it comes just about a year after he announced he had stomach cancer young guy just 62 years old you're probably most familiar with this song it's called uh, should have been a cowboy which was probably his biggest hit should
3: have been a cowboy I
2: He was one of those must-go-to concerts when he was on tour. So he made this announcement last year, and uh, in an interview back in September, he had s- spoken about how it was been kind of a roller coaster of an experience going through treatment. Uh, while receiving the Country Icon Award at the People Choice Awards. Uh, so we don't know. We didn't know how bad off he, off he was over the last couple of weeks, but apparently things had gotten a whole lot worse. And uh, overnight, his social media accounts, uh, Instagram, uh, Twitter, the others, uh, Facebook announcing that he passed away peacefully with family members around. Sorry to hear that. A story that is just gets bigger by the day. So we're continuing to look for these migrants who attacked two NYPD cops in Times Square uh, almost two weeks ago over a weekend. Uh, They were trying to break up a fight, and these migrants got involved up to 14. Some of them have been rearrested, who had been arrested the first time. They're still searching for others, as more people were saying they should be thrown out of the country once they are all found. And now... This news story is going to not help the migrant situation here in New York at all. Police arresting seven migrants in the Bronx in what they're calling this sophisticated citywide crime spree. Uh, NYPD Chief of Detectives Joe Kenny says there have been 62 incidents of these migrants using stolen mopeds to steal cell phones with orders given through
0: WhatsApp. The crime wave begins with the scooter operators making $100 a day, and the actual phone snatcher making between $300 to $600 per phone. Yeah, so Kenny says the thieves hacked the phones, they
2: try to steal banking information, then they ship the stolen phones to Columbia. So this is a whole network, lots of people involved. Cops say they're still looking for the head of the operation and other members of the gang who are living in New York City migrant shelters. During
0: our investigation, we learned that these perpetrators a part of a sophisticated criminal enterprise made up of mig- migrants who have recently arrived in the United States.
2: And the police commissioner saying the thieves involved are sophisticated. There may be more arrests to come.
4: They're essentially ghost criminals. No criminal history, no photos, no cell phone, no social media.
2: And no doubt they were all part of this operation that we told you about last week, where police went out. Uh, especially outside the Rowe Hotel, which is one of the migrant shelters on the west side. And we're looking at those mopeds. There's so many of them parked outside the Rowe Hotel in that area on the west side, electric bikes that don't have the proper certification and licenses, and they were confiscating those bikes. No doubt that was part of this operation to undercover this really sophisticated chain where, They've been stealing phones. In some cases, stealing headphones off the heads of people as they walk down streets. A wallets. So we got stories of women having their purses snatched. Two people. On a moped, one the driver, the other one snatching the purse as they go by. And now this really sophisticated operation where they're taking these phones and grabbing information, banking information, no doubt ruining people's lives in the short term, and then sending those phones off to Columbia to be resold. So that no story, no doubt, will get larger as the day goes on. Uh, Wanted to mention this. Uh, This was sad. We saw that Bob Beckwith... You might not recognize the name, but he was a New York City firefighter during the 9-11 attacks. Part of this iconic image of American unity after the 9-11 attacks. You'll remember President Biden or President Biden. President Bush came to New York after the 9-11 attacks and he stood uh, where the pile was, where the World Trade Center had fallen. And he took that bullhorn and he made that speech. And you remember he had his arm around a firefighter. And that was Bob Beckwith. So he became famous in that moment. Of course, he was a firefighter and a New York City hero. Do you, you remember the speech? It's one of the speeches. I, every time I hear it, it still gives me goosebumps. I want you all to know Wait, no,
5: on, no, no, no. that America don't
2: today,
5: don't America today... Is on bended knee in prayer for the people whose lives were lost here, for the workers who work here, for the families who mourn. This nation stands with the good people of New York City and New Jersey and Connecticut as we mourn the loss of thousands of our citizens.
3: I can hear you!
4: rest
5: of the world hears you and the people and the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon
2: yeah one of those great speeches after the 9-11 attack, so Beckwith was the one the president had his arm around at that moment. He was 91. He died in hospice care after dealing with cancer in recent years tied to his work down at the uh, after the 9-11 attacks downtown in lower Manhattan. His son, his grandson here, talking about how great his grandfather was. It was a
5: symbol of hope and, you know, pride in our country growing up in school Social studies, history classes, you know, the picture comes up every year. You know,
2: we
1: talk about it in class. Oh, that's my grandpa.
2: Yeah, Congressman Peter King, he was a longtime friend of the
4: firefighter. To see Bob Beckwith standing there with President Bush in the ruins of Ground Zero. It really renewed American confidence, and uh, he was the perfect icon.
2: Beckwith's uh, wake will be Friday. He'll be buried on Saturday, and our best to the Beckwith family. W.A.B.C. News Time 510. The migrant mess continues to be just a huge deal here in the city. No doubt it will be part of what voters think about when they go to the polls in the Mozzie, Pillup Tom Swazi race in the third district out in Long Island and portions of Queens. We've been hearing from voters. They say, yeah. I'm thinking about the migrant mess. They're also thinking about the economy as they make that vote. The early voting began over the weekend. That election takes place. Special election to fill George Santos's seat takes place next Tuesday. And uh, the migrant mess on the mounds of uh, lawmakers across New York as well. Governor Hochul calling on House Republicans yesterday to pass immigration reform. She held this news conference. She says Republicans and Democrats have to come together with the most significant immigration reform in decades. And she says President Biden should pass it right away, no matter what it is. The only thing standing in the way is that the House Republicans refuse to take action. They don't want there to be a resolution because they want to keep the chaos going. Yes, there's always politics involved. She's blaming the Republicans. Of course, the Republicans blaming the Democrats. It would mean tougher asylum laws if this would pass, $1.4 billion for states, which New York would receive a share of, the ability to shut down the border. Those willing to solve this problem and not just grandstand. So I'm calling them out today. I want their commitments that they will vote for this because I believe the Senate can get this done. If it is not solved, it will be exclusively their fault and on and their hands because they refuse to do what they're supposed to do by their jobs is to protect and defend our nation. Yeah, the truth is there's not because there's so been so much inaction in Washington to get anything done, it's been on the states to try to fix the problem. One 100- hundred Thirty thousand migrants in the city's care. I think of as of last week, still migrants being bused from the U.S.-Mexico border from Texas, uh, Texas here to New York. Uh, since Texas took control of a riverfront park along the border with Mexico, illegal immigration has gone from thousands to just three people a day. Governor Abbott says this is well within the state's authority.
3: A state can defend itself and its citizens from the imminent danger that we are facing.
2: He was in the border town of Eagle Pass. He says that Texas is expanding an effort to control more land along the Mexican border, but he said this can and should be done by the White House. Biden instead has let them all loose with no ability to
3: accurately determine their whereabouts. Texas has shown that we can reduce it to three people crossing across the border. Joe Biden, it is your turn now.
2: Now, this taking place as the House is slated to vote on impeaching the head of Homeland Security this week. But even if it passes, it faces uncertain future in the Senate. There are senators like Texas Republican John uh, Cor- Cornyn, who wants to see the Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas removed from office. When
3: Secretary Mayorkas takes an oath to tell the truth and says the border is secure, he's committing perjury, which is a crime.
2: Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer has let it be known that it's unlikely he'll hold an impeachment trial. I think
3: repeatedly lying under oath about the security of the border is an impeachable offense. We all know what the facts have been. The numbers don't lie. It's been 7 million plus people coming across the border.
2: And of course, this border bill is being debated. Don't know if it'll go anywhere. Of course, we'll watch it. 513. California just getting socked with rain 11 inches in some places. They're not used to that kind of thing. Uh, After other parts of Southern California got hit with major storms, San Diego is now seeing its higher totals.
5: San Diego County has been waiting for a lot of the rain,
0: but a lot of places in San Diego County are going to make up for the rain. You're going to make up for it.
2: Alex Tardy with the National Weather Service is by the end of Tuesday. San Diego will see more than an inch of rain near the border, four inches near Orange County for the two-day storm. And again, they're not used to that kind of deluge. Widespread two inches of rain. When you get all
5: the way through Tuesday afternoon and Tuesday night, it's going to add up to a lot of places seeing two or three
3: inches of rain on top of what you've already seen. This is a lot of water,
0: and now we're at the point in some places where it might be flooding, it might not be flooding, but when we get a burst of rain on top of what's already fallen, we can have
3: some serious flooding still. It's still possible
2: and we're getting all kinds of reports this morning from the utility companies in southern california that they've had a hard time keeping the lights on wind gusts have been part of the problem and so there are lots of people in southern california that have no power this morning you had la's mayor karen bass urging People in Los Angeles to stay off the roads because so many of them were flooded. This
3: morning I have signed a declaration of a local emergency which will help our response and ensure that the city has the required resources to respond to this storm now,
2: but also in the recovery period. And we are watching, if you're watching the Grammys, uh, people were just, uh, everybody who was on the red carpet was talking about how intense the rain was. So uh, now it's uh, hitting San Diego. Yesterday
3: marked the 10th wettest day in the history of the city since recording rain amounts in 1877.
2: Yeah, we're seeing lots of video of lots of streets being flooded. Again, the utility companies saying maybe tens of thousands of people without power at this hour. let's head over to the 77WABC Sports Desk. Good morning, Justin Ellick. Good morning,
5: Noam Alladen. We were treated to a local doubleheader on the ice last night with the Rangers and Islanders both registering wins to open up their second-half schedules at the Garden. Alexi Lafreniere scored 153 into OT, and the Rangers rallied to beat the Colorado Avalanche 2-1. Artemi Panarin also scored, and Jonathan Quick stopped 31 shots to help the Blue Shirts get their second-straight win and their 15th comeback win this season. In the extra period, Zibanejad dropped the puck to Lafreniere, who then whipped a shot past former Ranger Alexander Georgiev uh, for his 13th goal of the season and third overtime winner of his career. The 38-year-old Jonathan Quick improved to 11-4-2 as Igor Shesterkin's backup in his first season with the Rangers. The victory was the 371st of his career. The first-place Rangers were coming off a 7-2 win at Ottawa on January 27th before the extended break-around the All-Star Game. Up in Toronto, former Leaf Pierre Ball scored the winner on a rebound with 2:02 remaining in the third period of a 3-2 Islanders victory in his first game back at Scotia Bank Arena since being traded by the Maple Leafs a year ago. Kyle McLean also scored for New York netting his first goal in his sixth NHL game, putting New York ahead 2-1 in the second period. The win evened uh, New Islanders coach Patrick Waugh's record at 2-2-1 and halted Maple Leafs' three-game winning streak Matthew Barzal also scored for the Islanders. Foley Elia Sorokin made 35 saves on the hardwood in Brooklyn last night. The Nets fell to the visiting Golden State Warriors by a score of 109 to 98. Cam Thomas scored 18 points but shot four for 21 for the Nets, who had won three of four before last night's loss. They scored 147 points against Utah on January 29th and 136 in Philadelphia on Saturday, but they were nowhere near that level last night, shooting 38% and getting poor nights from leading scorer Mikhail Bridges and Spencer Dinwiddie. The Nets played without Ben Simmons, who sat out the front of a back-to-back, but is scheduled to play tonight when the Nets host Dallas and Kyrie Irvings return to Brooklyn. That tip-off is scheduled for 7.30 p.m. The Knicks are in action as well at 7.30 tonight, getting set to welcome in the Memphis Grizzlies. And last but not least, news out of the NFL ahead of Super Bowl 58 this weekend. The Philadelphia Eagles will play host to the NFL's first regular uh, season game in Brazil. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell announced yesterday his State of the NFL media conference at Allegiant Stadium. The Eagles, who last played in an international game in 2018, will face a to-be-announced opponent in São Paulo. Really? Uh, yeah. Who knew Brazilians loved football? I didn't know that. I guess they've had a big spike recently in um, in their fan uh, fandom. Huh. Of American football, cool. that's at least uh, that's at least what what the numbers or the analytics are telling the NFL, and I think that's how they make these decisions on where they're gonna you know try and expand the game uh, every season. So next year you get Brazil and uh, you get my Eagles for Week One. Nice, yep. Looking forward to it. September sixth, the day after the NFL season kicks off on. Thursday night this will be the NFL's first Friday game uh gnome on opening weekend in more than 50 years. That's
2: nice. I'm, I'm writing yeah. into my calendar right. Good good good. I am too. That's Sports and I'm Justin Ellis on 77 WABC. WABC News Time 5:20. Let's go over to the UK. King Charles no doubt you heard diagnosed with cancer. Megan Fitzgerald, correspondent in London, says the king was undergoing prostate treatment when the cancer was detected.
0: After going through tests, it was determined uh, that the king does indeed have a form of of cancer.
2: So we're not hearing from Buckingham Palace what kind of cancer. We
0: do understand that he has returned to London where he underwent uh, treatment for his cancer and that there is a schedule of treatments in place. Doctors are advising him not to appear in the public eye and to postpone his public duties until after treatment. It's unclear when that treatment will be completed.
2: Dr. Vin Gupta says performance status will determine... How King Charles reacts to cancer treatment. King Charles has an excellent performance status, whether it's 75 or frankly 65, uh, that, that's a great predictive sign, uh, for uh, what we hope is a great outcome. Yeah. I mean, he seems to be in good shape. So that hopefully will help radiological imaging that happens, especially when we're talking about management of prostate issues could have revealed potentially something in the gastrointestinal tract. Minimal delays in, in diagnosis
5: mean early treatment. Early treatment means the best possible outcome, hopefully. So this is all great
2: time. Yeah, well, he gets great health care. Royal commentator Tim Wirt says hopefully royal doctors found it all in time.
3: They will hope to be able to say in
2: a week or two that whatever treatment it is that he's receiving is being effective the palace says uh, he'll pause all public events don't know when he'll go back to that doctors will
3: be appearing trying
2: to guess what this might be
3: all we know so far is that it's not prostate cancer and
2: we heard overnight that harry his son who he's been on the outs with for a while has flown to the uk to be by his dad's side u.s airstrikes on iranian-backed militias in iraq and syria likely resulted in casualties The number of casualties is still being assessed That's Pentagon spokesman Major General Pat Ryder talking to reporters. He says, however, Central Command continuing its assessment of Friday's strike against more than 80 targets, U.S. forces targeting the Iranian-backed groups responsible for the attack in Jordan that left three American soldiers dead and dozens more wounded. We
1: currently assess that we had good effects and that the strikes destroyed or functionally damaged more than 80 targets at the seven facilities. This is the start of our response, and there will be additional actions taken to hold the IRGC and affiliated militias accountable for their attacks on U.S. and coalition forces.
2: Meanwhile, in Iraq, uh, reporter Keir Simon says the Iranian-backed militia fired another deadly drone strike.
3: Kurdish forces who are backed by the U.S. At saying that six of their, quote, commando fighters have been killed in a base in eastern Syria. American
2: forces hit four anti-ship missiles and a land attack cruise missile in Yemen that were getting to target ships in the Red Sea. This comes as Secretary of State Antony Blinken traveling to the Middle East to push for a humanitarian pause in fighting between Israel and Hamas. Blinken also pushing for the release of more hostages and increased aid into Gaza. According
3: to the Pentagon, 84 of 85 targets were either destroyed or damaged.
2: This coming as the Senate's proposed bipartisan border security and foreign aid package would end aid for the United Nations agency responsible for Palestinian refugees. We're going to
5: continue to consult closely with other donors on how to continue to meet urgent humanitarian needs
2: in Gaza. State Department spokesman Vedant Patel talking to reporters says the U.S. is pushing for an immediate and serious investigation into U.N. Relief and Works Agency amid these allegations that staff members were involved in Hamas's October attack on Israel. The United States is pushing for an immediate and serious investigation into the
5: allegations um, at UNRWA. The Secretary General just announced an independent review on UNRWA policies and procedures.
2: WABC News Time 524, all that tension and all that fighting in the Middle East is not good business for, of all places, McDonald's.
1: The fast food giant reported growing overall sales and earnings in its fourth quarter, but said the issues in the Middle East are still looming over sales in the region. McDonald's mostly licenses its brand to independent companies in the Middle East, which doesn't make up a large part of the company's overall business. It said business grew less than 1% in the region, compared to more than 4% growth in the U.S. and other nations. I'm Michael Kastner.
2: Let's head out to the 2024... 2024- Uh, campaign for the white house nikki haley's presidential campaign has applied for secret service protection the campaign spokesman did not say what prompted the request but haley who is former President Donald Trump's remaining major challenger in the Republican primary, has faced some recent incidents, including being the target of two swatting attempts at her home in South Carolina. In both cases, police were falsely directed to the home on suspicion of a crime. In one of the incidents, she said her parents were home with her kids when officers arrived with guns drawn. Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas and a five-person advisory council that includes leaders of both chambers of Congress will now begin a threat assessment as part of responding to Haley's request for that secret service. Meanwhile, Nikki Haley is celebrating the fact that the money continues to roll into her campaign, even though she trails President Trump by a wide cash margin And primary margin in South Carolina, the money still is flowing in.
0: Trump spent 50 million of his campaign dollars on legal fees, on personal cases against him. Think about that.
2: Haley says 12 million has come in from grassroots supporters.
0: That's why he's not on TV in South Carolina. That's why he hasn't been here yet. That's why he's not doing rallies.
2: Yeah, may have to do, though, more with the fact that the numbers show that he's way ahead in South Carolina. That primary set for February 24th. Meanwhile, new polling data shows President Biden trails Donald Trump on major policy, economic and personal comparisons. That's according
3: to a new poll from NBC News. Biden trails Trump by more than 20 points when asked which candidate would better handle the economy. The president's deficit versus Trump on handling immigration in the border is greater than 30 points, and Biden's approval rating has declined to the lowest level of his presidency at 37 percent. The poll shows Trump gets support from 47 percent of registered voters in a hypothetical 2024 presidential rematch versus 42 percent who back Biden. I'm
2: Lisa Taylor. I didn't watch the Grammys in real time because it's lots past my bedtime, but I did watch portions of it yesterday, and there were some good moments, and ratings for the Grammy Awards are in, and it ends up it was
4: kind of a hit. Roughly seventeen million people watched the primetime award show Sunday night, the largest number for the music event since twenty twenty. The number is also a thirty percent increase from last year. Phoebe Bridgers ended the twenty twenty-four Grammys as the musician with the most wins, taking home. 4 album of the year went to taylor swift i'm brian shook
2: wall street closed lower to start the week stocks fell after comments by fed share jerome powell dimmed expectations for a march rate cut shares in mcdonald's slipped nearly four percent after the fast food giant posted mixed results for the quarter at the closing bell the dow lost 274 points s&p 500 fell 15 the nasdaq lost 31 points
4: Talk Radio
1: 77 WABC. It's the 77 WABC News Hour, talking the news with Noah Laden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, traffic, Justin Ellick, sports, and now talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. That's
2: right, me Noah Laden. Good morning. It is Tuesday, February 6. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Just another beautiful sunny day on the way. I'm liking this weather. High 42 tonight and overnight clear low 32 and then sunshine on Wednesday the high is going to be 48 if you're walking out the door with us right now so happy you are 26 clear in Terrytown, down in Westchester 28 and clear in Livingston in New Jersey And it is 28 and clear outside our Midtown studios. We'll start this half hour out on Long Island where parents are scratching their head. More than two dozen kids have been kicked out of a Long Island daycare with just a few days notice. Some of these kids who have special needs, of course, creating just this logistical nightmare for caregivers and mostly the parents. It's the Kinder Care Center in Manhasset. And it's not really clear, but apparently they pulled the welcome mat under 30 children, according to parents who were told about this just over the weekend. And
0: it's not fair to him. He he's asking like, "Mommy, why? You know, why can't I go to school? I don't understand. Why can't I go see my teachers or my friends?" Just shot us an email saying. Your kid's been laid off. You can't come back. Yeah.
2: So now parents, of course, scrambling to find another daycare. And no doubt if you have young kids, you know that's really hard to do because all the daycare seemed to be packed with kids.
3: There were a million ways they could have done this and they did it just the worst way possible.
0: They they didn't think about the kids. They didn't think about teachers, the parents. Now you guys telling us that you didn't know this What's going on, means that somewhere, somehow, management failed. Yeah, so this might be a good thing in the end
2: for these parents of the kids who were kicked out. These online records indicate that the state cited kinder care in November of 2023, so just a couple months ago, for violating staffing regulations. In other words, they didn't have enough people on site. So that may be what what is behind all of these 30 students being given the boot, is they just don't have enough people to staff this kinder care, this daycare center on long island uh, by the way daycare centers across the tri-state and why don't we throw in the rest of the country it's not just out on long island saying the same thing they can't get people to come to work and so if you can't get enough people on the job obviously you can't have all those kids in the daycare center just an awful story out of newark a student cheerleader a high schooler hit and critically injured hit and run crash Outside the Newark's Arts High School, a crash happened about ten o'clock Martin Luther King Boulevard, right in front of the school. Sierra Jones, eighteen years old, one of the several cheerleaders who had just returned to the school on a bus after a competition, she apparently tried to cross the street, but this dark-colored sedan that police say was speeding went around the bus that she was getting off of and hit her. Here's her cousin.
4: Turn yourself in. That's that's a child who had a bright future, who was looking forward to go to college, who was looking forward to go to her prom, and now she's in the hospital. Yeah,
2: what kind of putz goes around a school bus? I mean, you really have to have something wrong with you. After the crash, the driver drove off, the teenager uh, unresponsive. rather, She was taken to university hospital, critical condition. Her cousin says her parents are with her inside, not leaving her side.
4: I haven't slept. I haven't been to I haven't been to work. It's been very difficult. Um, I'm trying to be strong for them, even though, um, you know, I'm hurting myself.
2: So investigators have been combing through video from traffic cameras in the area. There are surveillance cameras in front of the school. In addition to a mounted Newark police camera at the corner of MLK and Mercer, which is just down the street, the hope is maybe one of them has captured the license place and they'll catch up with this creep and arrest them. She was
4: filling out scholarships Um, we we was going on college tours and everything just just getting ready for the the big day uh, yeah, and for you know, graduation. Think,
2: you know, at the most exciting time of your life, right? When you're finishing high school, going off to college, the family praying for the senior who's been working on her future, applying to those colleges. According to the high school's Facebook account, the cheer team had just won that competition in Tom's River, and that's where they were coming back from when she was hit getting off the school bus. WABC News Time 539, getting some more details in about this investigation underway after a 67-year-old woman was hit and killed by a tow truck in manhattan last night the crash happened about seven o'clock east 10th in avenue c cops say the tow truck was on avenue c making a left turn when it hit the 67 year old woman she was pronounced dead at the scene the driver of the truck did remain on the scene i got close to her i didn't touch her but i got close to her and i prayed over her that was one of the many people unfortunately who saw this accident the collision investigation squad is uh, still at the scene. They closed the intersection. They were questioning the driver, doing a field sobriety test. Uh, Neighbors wondered how fast the truck was going, and if the victim was someone they knew. We don't have any of those details. We have not got them from the NYPD. Mayor Adams yesterday holding his weekly press conference when he lets lowly reporters like myself ask questions. Uh, He thinks any migrants arrested and convicted of serious crimes should be kicked out of the country. Now, I don't mean to pat myself on the back, but I will. It was last week that I asked the mayor, hey, are you going to kick these people out of the country, especially the ones involved in that attack on the police officers in Times Square? Once you find them, will you kick them out of the country? And the response from the mayor's office was, we'd kick them out of the city's shelter system. No response that they would kick them out of the country. Well, fast forward to yesterday, and he says, oh, he would kick them out of the country.
4: If you assault police officers on the street, Uh, I believe if you're found guilty, you should be uh, – the federal government should do their job of deporting that person. Yeah, last
2: week it was just out of the shelters. This week out of the country, the mayor – Asked about the recent wave of migrant arrests for officer assaults, robberies, other crimes. Some officials calling on Adams to undo legislation to allow the NYPD to work with federal immigration agents.
4: If there should be more collaboration um, with ICE and others, that's something that the council has to deliberate on and make that determination. You're not going to come and break our laws. You're not going to come and attack innocent people.
2: Yeah, well, unfortunately, there's has been a share that have been doing that. Some city lawmakers calling on the mayor to reinstate the NYPD's full cooperation with ICE. We're
3: just asking for some common sense here. We're asking that citizens be put first, that public safety be put first, that law and order be put first, that we support our NYPD.
2: Staten Island Congresswoman Nicole Malliotakis there, council members, ICE officials making the demands in response to the Hundreds of migrants arrest for crimes related to stabbings, robberies, the attack of those police officers. ICE New York City field director Kenneth Janalo says the city's 2014 law limiting the NYPD's work with ICE has allowed bad actors to return to the streets before ICE even knows about it. And obviously
4: once they're released, they could be in the wind they could be moving to another state or they could be going anywhere
2: city council member robert holden is backing the call to bring ice back into the conversation it's not
3: good policy obviously a sanctuary city should not mean protecting criminals so let's stop right away And let's change
2: this. So again, yesterday, Mayor Adams saying he's open to conversations with ICE again. The mayor also during the press conference yesterday celebrating the big victory, the 2026 FIFA World Cup match final will take place. MetLife Stadium out in the Meadowlands, which is good news not just for the city, but of course for New Jersey. He says 14,000 jobs and over a million tourists will come for the World Cup to the New York City, to the tri-state
4: area. Fans enjoy. They come out. They spend money. We want them to go to Broadway to visit some of our beautiful uh, sites and to interact uh, with our cities.
2: The championship game going to be played July 19th of 2026.
4: We were ground zero for the pandemic. Now it's time for us to show what's great about this region, New York and New Jersey, and I'm excited about it. Yeah, it's a win-win
2: for tourists. I mean, to get to come see New York City and then go see a World Cup match final, I think that's fantastic. Out to Long Island at 543, another school district thinking about bringing in armed guards. The Half Hollows Central School District, considering having armed guards patrol every one of its schools in unmarked cars, a letter sent out to the school community says the guards would only go inside the schools if there was an armed intruder. Last night... There was a meeting where parents got to ask questions about how this would all work. Here were the parents last night. Are you going to physically
1: train
4: with Precinct 2 or the Suffolk County Police Department?
1: There's also times where people pass the background check, but maybe their physical fitness or other issues maybe uh, impact their response
0: time.
2: Yeah, those are all good questions. So this public presentation put on by covert investigations and security they would be the one apparently who would be handling these armed guards and training them and putting them in the schools at this board of education meeting they gave that group covert investigations and security a chance to answer some of those questions anyway they're not
5: directing traffic um they're not chasing dog walkers off they're there their head is on the swil- uh, on a swivel And they're looking, as Bob described, um, what's normal, what's abnormal, what cars come and go.
2: Yes. So we didn't get any confirmation from the school district about when they would make a decision about whether to bring in those armed guards to half hollow school. But part of it was that conversation last night where parents got to weigh in and the organization, the group covert investigations and security got a chance to tell its story. Other school districts out on Long Island do have armed guards now. Same in Connecticut. So the thought is Half Hollows will probably go that direction as well. 545, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk where we find Justin Ellick.
5: Thank you, Noah Mullett. You we are treated to a local doubleheader on the ice last night with the Rangers and Islanders. Both registering wins to open up their second half schedules at the Garden. Alexi Lafreniere scored 153 into overtime. And the Rangers rallied to beat the Colorado Avalanche 2-1. Artemi Panarin also scored. And Jonathan Quick stopped 31 shots to help the Blue Shirts get their second straight win. And their 15th comeback win this season in the extra period. It was Benajad who found Lafreniere. And then uh, Alexi whipped a shot past uh, former Ranger Alexander Georgiev uh, for his uh, 13th goal of the season. And the uh, third overtime winner of his career, 38-year-old Jonathan Quick. You don't seem sure of that. Well, listen, you know, there's a lot of numbers flying around uh, in my face. So okay. I'm just trying to make sure that I'm assigning all the right numbers to the right statistic. No, that's you know? good. You know? Just trying to make sure I'm uh, relaying correct information to the listening audience. That, that's what I like to hear. <laughs> the 38-year-old Jonathan Quick improved to 11-4-2 as Igor back backup in his first season with the Rangers. The victory was the 371st of Quick's career. The first-place blue shirts are coming off a 7-2 win at Ottawa on January 27th before the extended break around the All-Star game up in Toronto former Leaf, Pierre Engvall, scored the winner on a rebound with uh, just over two minutes remaining in the third period of a 3-2 to Islanders victory in his first game back at Scotiabank Arena. Since being traded by the Maple Leafs a year ago, Kyle McLean also scored for New York, netting his first goal in his sixth NHL game, putting New York ahead 2-1 to in the second period when even New Islanders coach Patrick record uh, recorded 2-1 and halted the Maple Leafs three-game winning streak. Matthew Barzal also scored for the Isles. On the hardwood in Brooklyn last night, the Nets fell to the a visiting a Golden State Warriors by a score of 109-98. to Cam Thomas scored 18 points but shot 4 for 21 for the Nets, who had won 3 of 4 before last night's loss. The Nets scored 147 points against Utah on January 29th and 136 in Philly on Saturday, but they were nowhere close to that level last night, shooting 38% and getting 4 nights from leading scorer Bridges and Dinwiddie. The Nets played without Ben Simmons, who sat out for uh, the front of a back-to-back, but is scheduled to play tonight when the Nets host Dallas. And Kyrie Irving's return to Brooklyn. That tip-off is scheduled for 7:30 p.m. The Knicks are in action as well at 7:30 tonight. I'm
2: sorry, I didn't interrupt. You. Yeah, no, I, actually, ahead. I guess I did. Yeah, no, well, the, did. Ben Simmons, like the guy, if he has a hangnail, he doesn't play. No, I, I, feel I know. Like he doesn't pay. He won't play through even the smallest amount of pain.
5: Yeah, I know. And uh, I'm not even sure in recent memory. I can't remember in, in a, an NBA player that's had as long of a leash to kind of figure it out and get it together. Yeah, is he, he's then, not that great. No, he's not. It's not like when he does play, he's putting up 35 and 10, right. you know? I mean... It's no wonder like, they hated him in Philly. Yeah,
2: exactly. Go I hate them now in Brooklyn. Yeah.
5: <laughs> Go home to mommy indeed. That tip-off uh, scheduled uh, for 7.30 tonight, Nome. Uh, the Knicks in action as well. 7.30 tonight getting set to welcome in the Memphis Grizzlies. And last but not least, news out of the NFL. Ahead of Super Bowl 58 this weekend, the Philadelphia Eagles will play host to the NFL's first regular season game in Brazil. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell announced yesterday in his state of the NFL media conference at Allegiant Stadium, the Eagles, who last played an international game in 2018, will face a to be announced opponent in sao paulo on friday september 6th the day after the nfl season kicks off on thursday night this will be the nfl's first Friday game on opening weekend in more than 50
2: years that is sports Dome, and i'm justin ellick on 77 wabc let's catch you up on the bigger stories of the morning this one coming to us overnight early this morning country music icon toby keith has passed away about a year after revealing that he had stomach cancer, just 62 years old, a young guy. The song, if you're not familiar with him, I don't know how you wouldn't know his name. I mean, he was really huge in the country music world, should have been a cowboy. I'm guessing one of his biggest hits anyway. So we got this statement from the family that he died last night surrounded by his family. Just a short statement that was posted on his social media sites. He announced last year that he was living with cancer. In September, he had done an interview where he had said it was a roller coaster, making it sound that things were not going so great. He had won the Country Icon Award at the People's Choice Awards, the People's Choice Country Awards, I should say. Uh, Anyway, unfortunately, young, 62, passing away last night, surrounded by friends and family. We'll bring it back into New York, no doubt one of the bigger stories, these migrant arrests can continue to take place this one seven migrants in the Bronx arrested in what police are calling the sophisticated citywide crime spree NYPD PD Chief of Detectives Joe Kenny says there have been 62 incidents of thieves using stolen mopeds to steal cell phones with orders given through WhatsApp so it's this network where they tell people what to do information's passed through migrants back to Colombia
0: the crime wave begins. Once the messages are received, the crime wave begins with the scooter operators making $100 a day and the actual phone snatch making make it between $300 to $600 per phone.
2: Yeah, so Kenny says the thieves hack the phones once they steal them. They try to get banking information, then they ship those stolen phones to Colombia where the phones are sold. Uh, cops say they're still looking for the head of the operation. That person may be back in Colombia. Some of these people who are involved in the operation have been living, yeah, in city-run migrant shelters. So brought here, and we've been paying for them to live here as they're ripping New Yorkers off.
0: During our investigation, we learned that these perpetrators are part of a sophisticated criminal enterprise made up of migrants who have recently arrived in the United States.
2: Police commissioner says this is bad stuff, and this story may get bigger, more arrests may be made.
4: They're essentially ghost criminals. No criminal history, no photos, no cell phone. No social media.
2: Yes, so they were initially hard to track down, but now they've got this crew of eight. Again, they think they may make more arrests. That, as Governor Hochul calling on House Republicans to pass immigration reform, continues to make this political but there's this bill that's coming out of the senate she says that republicans should sign off on it the only thing standing in the way is that the house republicans refuse to take action they don't want there to be a resolution because they want to keep the chaos going yeah the inaction just in general in washington has created this chaos where About 130,000 who have come from the U.S.-Mexico border here to New York on buses are still in the city's care today. Down in Texas, you know, they've made their own rules. Since Texas took control of a riverfront park along the border with Mexico, illegal immigration has gone from thousands to just three people a day. Governor Greg Abbott says this is well within the state's authority what they're doing. A state can
3: defend itself and its citizens from the imminent danger that we are facing.
2: This is the border town of Eagle Pass. You've probably heard of it. He says Texas is expanding an effort to control more land along the Mexican border so they can stop the migrants from coming over because he says the White House is failing to do anything about it.
3: Biden instead has let them all loose with no ability to accurately determine. Their whereabouts.
2: It is amazing that they've stopped from thousands of days to just a couple of days. Pretty incredible. Texas
3: has shown that we can reduce it to three people crossing across the border. Joe Biden, it is your turn now.
2: And this comes as the House is going to vote on impeaching the head of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas. Texas Republican John Corden in the Senate says uh, he hopes this bill gets through. own.
3: When Secretary Mayorkas takes an oath to tell the truth and says the border is secure, he's committing perjury, which is
2: a crime. Not sure this is gonna go anywhere though. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer has let it be known he's unlikely to hold an impeachment trial in the Senate. Let's bring it back to New York and new- do Voter Education Center has opened in New Rochelle to get independent and Republican voters to register as Democrats so they can vote in this primary election between Westchester County Executive George Latimer and Congressman Jamal Bowman. Now, they're trying to get Bowman out. So they think if they get Republicans and independents to register as Democrats, Latimer will win the primary. And whoever wins the primary in the very blue part of Westchester County will
0: likely win the race. while Bowman really upset me. A lot of the things he was doing or wasn't doing. Uh, and I got to the point, like, you can't be upset and complain if you're not want to do anything about it. So I said, OK, so I'll be a label. I'll be a Democrat. And this way I can be involved in the electoral process. And actually, my voice will be heard. Yeah,
2: So interesting. They are convincing some voters to cross
0: party lines. We
3: are a blue state. And whoever wins that primary will most likely be our next elected official. So if we want to be heard, if we want our elected official to represent us, We need to register as a Democrat by February 14th, and we need to go out and vote.
2: Voters in the district do not like Bowman. They say he's too left-wing and that he's anti-Israel. And finally, a school project on Long Island that started more than 30 years ago has finally come to an end. In a study of currents, students tossed bottles into the ocean. Well, just a couple weeks ago... Adam Travis, who's a duck hunter, often walks along the Shinnecock Reservation Beach. He noticed something had washed up. It was one of these bottles that was thrown into the water back in 1992. Green bottle laying on top of the marsh. we seeing that there was a letter in there
5: from Mr. Brooks' class in Mattituck High School. Deer Finder, as a part of Earth Science Project for the ninth grade, this bottle was thrown into Atlantic Ocean. Near Long Island.
2: So he said, "Well, this is so many years ago," and he 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 said, "Let me just post it online and see if anybody recognizes it." Well. This post was shared over and over again, and it was all students who had been in Mr. Brooks' class at Madiok High School back in 1992. In ninth grade, they threw these bottles into the Atlantic Ocean. They don't know why this bottle now washed ashore. Maybe it had gone across and then come back, um, but uh, it came right at the right time because Richard Brooks, or rather... um uh, Mr. Brooks had passed away in his um, in September, and so his son said this was a great moment to have this bottle be returned when the family is still kind of in mourning. The
0: timing of this was just amazing. That my family is just you know still grieving, Dad. I well up with tears and uh, just pride.
2: The beloved educator taught at Madiak High for 40 years. His students' bottles launched from West Hampton have been tracked across the globe. Now generations of students are sharing their loving memories of the teacher now that this bottle's been found. And
5: then some of them obviously took 32 years to come around. That shows that the things that you do 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 matter
3: a lot significantly. He's had a significant impact.
2: Yes, yeah, so kind of cool. Richard Brooks' son says, um, yeah. He's happy that the bottles are being found all these years later. It's
0: so nice that my dad, who was never one to to seek recognition or a pat on the back, um, and now he's finally getting it. This development is just such a shot in the arm of positivity and and heartwarming energy.
2: Yeah, so much so that the Matiak School District now plans to resume its message in the bottle project with its ninth graders. All right, traffic, transit now. Here's Joe Nolan.
1: Well, as you head out onto uh, the northbound side of the Deegan, we've got a big problem this morning from the RayCatina.com traffic desk. We have a full closure northbound on the Major Deegan Expressway between Fordham Road and the West 230s. Tractor trailer fire again. The left lane going to be out of service on the southbound side. Northbound Deegan, all lanes are closed. Fordham Road again up into the West 230s. And this just continues. Now, if you're traveling out onto uh, the Merritt Parkway, that construction should just about be out of the way. Route 70. As you approach Route 88, again, all lanes are going to be closed in both directions. There's an accident uh, with down pole, down wires, all of that. That will continue for a little while longer. Now, back in the city, if you're on the cross Bronx on the westbound side, coming up to the Sheridan, there's some road work there. A couple of lanes are out. Apparently, uh, that is still there, still in the process of being cleared up and out of the way. Now, if you're heading out onto the westbound side of the Long Island Expressway, a little bit of a delay as you come through Glen Cove Road, and then again, getting into Queens Boulevard. Inbound on the Gowanus BQ, where you're slow now from the Prospect on up to the Brooklyn Bridge. So that's been building steadily all morning long. On Staten Island, we're good. A little slow now on the West Shore in spots, but nothing terrible. Same thing as you come northbound on the Garden State Parkway. We're still in pretty good shape all the way to the Driscoll Bridge. And Mass Transit, again, running on or close to schedule, except for those Q trains still delays there. An alternate side is in effect. Experience unmistakable luxury in a 2024 Porsche Macon. lease for $8.99 a month for 39 months at Ray Coutinho.